0: Today on episode number 732 of The School of Podcasting, he's back, Glenn the Geek, along with Jamie Jennings talking about how do you do 2,500 episodes and keep your sanity. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting
1: with Dave Jackson.
0: Podcasting Sense 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in This is where I help you start your podcast, but also grow your influence. And that means your download numbers, your reach, your, you're just, mm, people are like, man, I can't get enough of that podcast. My mission is to never have somebody press play on a podcast and go, ugh, that just drives me nuts. We finally get somebody who wants to listen to a podcast and they turn it on and go, ugh, So my website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. Two quick things I need to mention right here. Number one, I need your answer for the July question of the month by July 24th. What is the question of the month? What is your favorite episode and why? And of course, I'll need your website, the name of your show, and a brief description, and all that. And you can answer that by going to schoolofpodcasting.com/slash/question. And also, the School of Podcasting is on the list. If you go over to Podcast Awards, you can vote for us under the People's Choice as well as the Technology. Categories, and I would be very honored if you could take just a few minutes of your time to go over there and vote. And you can vote as often as you want from now to when they're over, which is at the end of the month. So we're about halfway there, July 31st. So the other thing I want to mention here is I have known Glenn the Geek Hebert since I believe 2015. This is his fifth time on the show. And One of the things in editing this episode, because when you get myself, Glenn, and then add Jamie to the mix, a lot of hijinks ensues. and We had a great time, but I did some editing and I realized that I edited out that Glenn refers to his patrons and patrons are when you use that Patreon service. And he refers to them as auditors, which is a term from the horse world, which is something you kind of want to do if you're using Patreon to try to get people to donate. You want to kind of make it tie in with your show. If you want to see my Patreon, you can go over to patreon.com slash Dave Jackson. That's the one I use for Ask the Podcast Coach, and you get bonus content and things of that nature. So just want to let you know so that when Glenn says, hey, that's our auditors, because you'll learn a lot of really great lessons in this episode. I love the fact that um, you'll hear how much time they take to put into an episode. You'll hear about integrity. I always say every podcaster, begins with two things. Number one, no listeners and integrity. And it's up to you to see how far you can get and keep that integrity. And both Jamie and Glenn have it absolutely in their hands, tight in their hands after 2,500 episodes. And that is pretty cool. Do you know what else is cool? The School of Podcasting. That's right. This episode is brought to you by the School of Podcasting. We have step-by-step tutorials. So if you're worried about sounding bad or sounding unprofessional, we've got tutorials to make sure that you're gonna connect with your audience to make sure you have the best equipment for the smallest amount of money. You get a private Facebook group filled with brilliant podcasting minds. You also get live group coaching and that is actually we do one every Friday, we do another one on the weekends, we do another one kind of late on a Wednesday night, so that no matter what kind of time zone you're in, you can get your questions answered. And of course, you get direct access to me via email, and I often reply in video format to make sure that you're not banging your head against the wall. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com/slash/join. Use the coupon code listener. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R when you sign up. It's also brought to you by the Podcast Review Show. Again, my mission is to make sure that your podcast completely engages your audience and people are not going, ugh, but they're going, hey, have you heard this podcast? And that's a show I do with my buddy, Eric K. Johnson. You might know him as the Podcast Talent Coach. He's got 30 years of radio experience and we help you figure out what your show is doing right so you can do more of that. And maybe those things that need just a little bit of polish, that's at podcastreviewshow.com. Glenn the Geek Hebert is the only guy I've made a special page from. This is his fifth appearance on the show. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash Glenn the Geek, because there's two ends because mm, he's just that good. And he has done, today he's on with Jamie Jennings, who is his co-host To celebrate 2,500 episodes. And I asked them about how do they, you know, like, how do you do this and keep your sanity, basically? And listen to, especially towards the end, listen to Jamie talk about why she does this podcast. It to me, if somebody says, What do you mean when I say passion? I'm gonna say, Listen to this, because you can hear both of these people just want to serve their audience. They just want to put a smile on people's faces. And when you serve your audience, you build an audience. And when you build an audience, then you can do things like sponsorships and giveaway stuff and things of that nature. So without further ado, here's my awesome conversation with Glenn the Geek Hebert and Jamie Jennings.
2: <laughs>
0: and this makes my brain hurt. 2,500 episodes of Horses in the Morning. And that's a lot of Glen. So kudos to to Jamie, who, holy cow, for <laughs>
1: for,
0: for putting up with Glenn for, that, that's, I don't even want to do the math, 2,500 times 90
2: divided by 60. I, I figured it out. You would have to listen 24 hours a day for 156 days.
1: Wow. Yeah, I go to a lot of therapy, Dave. <laughs> that's just the only way you can get around it. Thanks for having us, Dave. It's a big honor to be on your show.
0: How did you guys find each other?
1: He, this is like it wasn't Craigslist, but he put an ad on Facebook and the ad said to that they were wanting to do a live daily morning radio show about horses. And if you want the job or you want to be considered, call this number and leave a voicemail. So I called the number and left a voicemail and it said, We'll call you back in five to seven business days. And I'm like, Hi, my name is Jamie. I've been in regular radio for 12 years and uh, I have horses and I know radio. So cool. Call me back. And five to seven business days was like, hey, call me back in eight minutes. Like, (laughs) hello?
0: Five to seven minutes.
2: (laughs) Dave, I had 80 responses. My wife and I got a bottle of wine out, sat down and listened to 80 voicemails. She, because she called literally, We were getting to the end of the voicemails and we hadn't picked one. There was just, right. And she had just left that voicemail and she was the last one we listened to. (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) Glenn, how did you? I kind of want to start like where you guys started because. Did you just look at Jamie and go, how do you do a morning show?
2: Or did you already have an idea of what you wanted it to do or how? We talked about it. I mean, we we talked about it together. And I think we both, we both pretty much had the same idea. We wanted it to be shorter segments. In 90 minutes, we didn't want a one long interview. That would bore both of us. So we wanted shorter segments and more of them. So our show tends to be four or five, even six different segments. You sat in on one, right? Were you mm-hmm. on a Friday during really bad ads? I, I think, think so. were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You helped us read some ads. but uh, So we knew that we wanted segments and we wanted to be like Morning Drive Radio in that there would be guests that would come on every week that were the same every week doing whatever. And that the segments that we would find segments along the way that would stick, like Really Bad Ads on Friday is one that really st- has stuck for 10 years.
1: For those who don't know, Really Bad Ads is where we read ads like off Craigslist for horses for sale or tack for sale or trailers and we read them as written and it's amazing how many people don't use spell check and punctuation or, or
0: that and or it's like grammar yeah good to a good home old sparky kicks a lot and likes to bite children like wait, what? <laughs> who wants this
2: horse you
1: you i think you submitted that one last week didn't you that's <laughs> <laughs> your horse
2: yeah. old sparky But you know what, Dave? It's like anything else. Those kinds of segments that really work and end up being a thing for a long time are not something you plan. Those are the things Mm -hmm. that happen and they just work. The stuff we planned, I think, is long gone, right, Uh, in the beginning. And the stuff that just happens that works or you have a guest on that you have back on a regular basis because they just work. You well, know, I was it, in
1: Arizona at the time he hired me and he was in Kentucky. And so he flew me out and we just sat down and brainstormed for, gosh, three days. We just penned a paper and trying to come up with an outline for what we were looking for. I'm not sure we're doing what that original outline <laughs> was anymore, but we we had a we had a plan and what we wanted to do was have something quick and funny and there's enough serious topics and again, we're talking about like horses and horse related things. That's you got to with horse people, you have to laugh at yourself and it's such a small group of people in the world, if you think about it, but everybody experiences so much of the same thing. So it was a, what he wanted to do was to unite the horse world with one show. And we don't talk directly about any particular discipline or any particular this or that. And we don't really hate anybody. We don't love anybody. We just kind of do the whole thing. And I think it's, it it brings together people from all over. I mean, we have listeners all over the world who have horses. It's strange.
0: So, Obviously, one of the things I like about Glenn is you like to try stuff mm-hmm. you've You've done all these different extravaganza things, all things. Can you think of something that you're like, "Hey, let's try this." And you did it, and it just
2: tanked? No, we've, we've had a few of those over the years. We've had some segments that we've tried that just didn't work or or we didn't like them. But it's mostly, it's not necessarily that the listeners responded that it doesn't work. Our listeners tend to tell us when something does work, but not when something doesn't work.
1: Here's how something doesn't work with Glenn is when he forgets it the next day. <laughs> He's like, oh, we were supposed to that's do that true. segment. And I'm like, yeah, you forgot about it for like five days and it was your big <laughs> idea. So that's how you know something doesn't work is when he doesn't Remember it,
0: <laughs> nice. Can you think of one? Uh, something that, that's now Jamie? The do past. you have
2: any? I got,
1: right off the bat a, oh. a couple of weeks ago. Glenn's like, <laughs> what we're gonna do is we are gonna end every episode <laughs> with a happy story, and you have to come up with it. And I will get a happy news story. It doesn't have to be horse related. I just want to leave the show on a happy note, and. I think he did three days worth and then we're just like, bye. See you guys. And- you know
2: what happened with that? It was too damn hard to find happy stores. That's, <laughs>
1: it. That's the most recent one I can think of. We also tried a thing with um, saying at the end of the show, okay, what did you learn today? And I really did like that one, but we just forgot all the time. What did you learn on the show today? We still can't remember. We didn't apparently learn anything because <laughs> we can't remember to even learn something.
2: We've had, Dave, we've had over 6,000 guests on the show.
0: Let's talk about that, because that makes my brain hurt. Where are you finding them? How do you vet them?
2: Jennifer, my wife, who used to produce the show, we used to have her on as a producer, like a real radio show. She used to handle the calls and everything. And then this year, actually, when budgeting got tight, because we did have some sponsors leave us for the first time this year, really, during COVID, or put us on hold, and some some are coming back. But we thought, let's try and do the show without a producer. So now it's just Jamie and I. And we actually do call the guests. We used to take them, Jennifer used to call them off air like a regular radio show. And we used to bring them on. We used to call, we used to call in studio for that. Mm-hmm. But now we just call them. We just call them and make it part of the show. But yeah, it, it Jennifer books all the guests. So, And Jamie and I send her ideas. And sometimes Jamie will book one. Sometimes I'll book one. But for the most part, she books the guests. We don't know until the notes that morning. I spend about two hours getting ready for the show, getting the, the production notes in order. We use Google Docs, for those that are wondering, for all of our shows. We use Google Docs for everything we do. For every one of the shows, and every host is on that Google Doc, so you'll find a Google Doc, a separate page of a Google Doc for every episode we've done. So we can actually go back and look at those. But yeah, we do that, and then I spend a couple hours getting ready for the show, putting the sh- the production notes together, looking up the guest. Jamie doesn't even look at it till about fifteen minutes before or during the meeting.
1: Yeah, I, mean, uh, I get really pissed when there's like an Olympian on the show to like, we're going to talk to this Olympian. I'm like, but that's my hero. And I need a little more time, <laughs> like than 10 minutes before we call him. So sometimes I get a little irritated that he doesn't let me know if something's really a big deal, but
2: then, uh, and you know. I don't know, usually that morning, I don't look at the schedule ahead of time. I kind of want to be surprised a little bit. Uh, and that's part of the cool thing about doing a daily show. Uh, now I do take a couple hours and get ready and put the links in and do all yeah, of that stuff. Do his makeup, all those things. Yeah. I did do my makeup and all that, but, yeah. But I mean, there is a lot, there is, a, when you take a look at it, we figure there's 10 to 12 hours of pre and post production for every hour we're on the air. Because of the time booking, how time consuming booking guests is, and especially oh, when you yeah, got 10 a week, you're doing five to 10 a week.
0: Well, and I'm just thinking, like I do a weekly show and when it comes out on Monday, I'm like, okay, cool. I got another week until I have to have one of these and come Thursday, there are times that I'm like, I have no idea what I'm talking about on Monday, and I always, <laughs> I always find something. I can't imagine getting done and going all right, and taking off your headphones and going all right. We got about 13 hours to come up with, you know, <laughs> something else. Well, this, this
2: morning they, is perfect example. We do it live, and we treat it as live. We, we pretty much we only edit a, a minor amount. This show is out within an hour, and if it's not out within an hour, the listeners get upset. So we do it live. So this morning, our guest had postponed five minutes before, so we always have to be ready. For We always have to have a backup plan too. what we're going to talk about if a guest doesn't show up and then we just go and we just continue on and there's no stopping. It's it's a live show. So and we like it that way. We could do we have very few live listeners in the general scope of our total listening audience. It's 100 maybe. So we could we could do that, switch that. And tomorrow those 100 would listen to podcast. But we like the pressure of live. We've talked about it, haven't we, Jamie? And we both decided that we want to keep it live.
1: Oh my God. When I know I'm recorded, I'll be like, okay, cut, cut. I got, I did cut. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm live and I it just, it, I don't know, it makes it easier for me. I think because doing regular terrestrial radio for so long, there's no cut. So you just learn to spew it and let it go. Put it out there and
2: Let me ask you, Jamie, why do you like you must like doing the podcast? You wouldn't still be. It's not the money, Dave. Both of I have Jamie and I have made a lot more money in our past lives than we're making now. I mean, we're we're making some money, but not like we were. So, Jamie, why do you like the podcast as opposed to radio? I don't know if I have ever asked you that
1: as opposed to radio
2: yeah, or a comparison to radio.
1: Oh, my God. First of all. When I was in radio, if you say something, I worked at Star 94, and I said the word, especially, but I was from the South, and, and you say the word, especially. And anytime I would screw a word up, or I would trip over a word, they would record it. And they would take me into the soundproof studio and play it for me on repeat. And he let me hear myself making an error a 100 times to where you wouldn't make that error anymore. And Glenn, do I ever listen to our show?
2: No, she has never listened to one of our episodes.
1: I can't do it. I cannot hear myself on the radio. I was tormented. It's like
2: post-traumatic stress for me. I, yeah. I I think another thing too is I did it I did ten things for long term success. But,
1: but Glenn yeah. doesn't do that to me. So again, no, I screw right. up the words. <laughs> We've had minor disagreements, but no major disagreements. We're both just kind of we both just want to put out a good product that makes people smile and does. Maybe if we can help somebody along the way or do some good for something or somebody, then, yeah. I mean, Glenn, he's so nice and generous with his time and his money and his ideas. And he's just such a helpful, fun guy to be around. Again, I only see him like once every two years in person. So that's probably why I feel that that way.
2: (laughs) We couldn't live together. I mean, that would never happen. (laughs) Oh
1: God, I just got (laughs) shivers. (laughs) But that's why I think it... I like this so much better is because you're working with somebody who genuinely cares about you and the world around you. And it's not the dollar that he cares about. It's about putting out a good product and making sure everybody feels good along the way.
0: Well, speaking of feeling good along the way, how do you guys handle it? Cause it's daily and you wake up and for whatever reason, wrong side of the bed, something's going on and like, who's the guest and you're like, Oh, that, that person, on those days when you're like, "Ah oh, I don't really want to do this today. I'll
2: answer that because uh, there have been a few days when Jamie and I or either one of us have said, I'm not doing this guest. Or she says, I'm not doing this guest or because they don't like the topic. Usually we don't even know the person, but it's the topic or whatever. It just mm-hmm. bores you. So the other one takes it. That's the advantage of having two co-hosts who, who are good interviewers, who can, who are curious about life, is that if one of us doesn't want to do it, the other usually steps up. And then sometimes it ends up being a really good guest for both of us. And then sometimes I can tell Jamie's off on Facebook and not listening at all <laughs> or vice versa. We do a health segment every Wednesday and and i don't understand i'm a horse husband i don't get the hell stuff and she's into it and so she does those so we do we we play to our strengths is what we do but yeah there have been many times and there have been days when when we get on and and jamie's having a crappy day or i'm having a crappy morning or something just went to hell and what helps there is having a co-host that you truly like and that can help pick you up that jamie mentioned she kind of said that you you have to if you're going to do co-hosts, you have to like each other. If you're going to be around for any period of time, you've got to like each other, especially if you're doing a daily show. And yet we were joking, but we could not live together. We're we're very different. In many Actually, ways.
1: Dave, I don't let Glenn ever call me.
2: No, we, we don't never
1: talk. talk unless we're on mm. the air. And it, even I've realized too, like in the pre-show meeting, sometimes I get up pretty groggy or whatever, but when that mic turns on, we're just ready to go. But he will ask me, Oh, so how was your day yesterday with so-and-so? And I'm like, I'll tell you on the air. Cause he cannot fake it. And that's the thing too. Like we're very honest people. Like this morning as the show started, I sneezed and like, as I sneezed, I pulled a muscle like in my side. I injured myself sneezing and it's time for me to say my thing. And I had my mic off because I was sneezing and Glenn's like, Jamie's here somewhere. And I was like, I just pulled a muscle sneezing <laughs> live on the air. It's just honest. It's real. It's live and there's no cutting. Go for it.
0: How do you guys keep finding more stuff to talk about?
1: Can I tell, tell you what my husband said when I got hired? <laughs> My, I say, oh my god, I got the job! I'm going to do a live daily radio show about horses. And my husband goes, "That's really great, congratulations!" What are you going to talk about after two weeks? Like (laughs) we covered it, but it's cool. Like there's always stuff happening, other horse races and shows and laws and rules and people and highlighting different things. I mean, Glenn, you can take the rest of this, but I, I feel like you just search for search for what's what's out there and what's new.
2: Yeah, we do have Google alerts and we both look at those every day, which are mostly depressing to be honest. And we try and keep our show very positive and upbeat. So we're not covering all the horse deaths in the world and, you know, all of that. So, we do. We look through all of the horse publications and everything that we can find online that day to try and find topics. But what makes it real, Dave, and and I see sometimes I see co- people looking for a co-host that are celebrities, figuring that's going to be a make your show better. You're well, welcome. You found one. (laughs) (laughs) what makes our shows really good is we're just average horse people we have very few hosts on the network that are celebrities we're average horse people and we talk about things that people can relate to. Jamie's falling off. I'm doing this. My horse is bolting. I'm almost getting killed on the road. Those are all the things that people can relate to. And our best guests over that years have not been. We replayed Charlie Daniels today because he just died. We had him on. He was a great guest. But our best guests that we get the most reaction to are everyday horse owners or listeners who come on the show. For some reason, we get a lot of listeners on. And, And they can really relate to them. So... I think we've learned over the years that the big name guests are not necessarily the best guests. Anybody can be a really good guest. It's our job to get it out of them. We haven't been afraid to change things. We've changed things all along. And one could be because we were getting bored with it. And if we're getting bored with it, we figure the listeners are getting bored with it. And things happen by accident in the show. Improv stuff happens that we go, oh, that's really cool. Maybe we can make a segment out of that. And we try it. And we just keep we just keep trying to bring new things in. When you're doing a 90-minute show 5 days a week for 10 years, you have to mix it up. You have to bring new things in. Fam,
1: and if your dog barks or if the guest, I we had a guest that was riding a horse and was driving cattle and the moos in the background, you just got to like go with what is there. Be real, be honest and and be truthful. Be who you are. You can't fake being somebody for 10 years. If you want to have longevity, I would say you got to be yourself
0: yeah because i any kind of character or anything like that that's it's it's too hard because you are going to come out eventually so
2: (laughs) one way or another but we started i'm not a horse person so when we right. started uh, the Horse Radio Network, I said, well, how, what am I going to do? And we decided you're just going to be a horse husband and we're just, you're going to be who you are. You're just a horse husband out here to learn horse things. So I send it. Sometimes Jamie loves a lot more to me training stuff. So she'll ask the questions that are a lot deeper. I'll ask the questions that aren't as deep for the people who are like me, right? So mm-hmm. she can ask the harder questions. I can ask the more simple questions. Sometimes she doesn't ask the simple questions because she knows she d- she's forgotten what she knows. So one does
1: ask the hard hitting ones like, what did you eat that night?
2: (laughs) (laughs) But one cool thing you talk about because of my podcast, I'm going to give you because of my podcast story, and it involves Jamie. She, because of our podcast, has now gone on, she heard about it through our podcast, and has now gone on to be one of what, four in the United States, Jamie? Yes. Four certified Monty Roberts instructors. He's one of the, the legends in the horse world. She spent years studying to get this certification as, as one of his instructors. She's one of four in the country. And that all happened because she was hosting this show. And now is leading wow. to a whole, whole different kind of career that she's going to have doing instruction. And clinics and things like that. But that all happened because of people she met doing the show. And I don't know, would you have done any of that? Really? Would that have happened without the show?
1: Of course, it wouldn't have happened without no. the show. I, I wouldn't have even been introduced to any of that. With, I, the reason I got that certification was because of his, his there's his Monty Roberts, who's, he trains horses for the Queen of England. I His daughter hosts a radio show on our network and they were in town and I was like, I'm going to go say hi to her. And then I met them and just fell in love with the ideas that he has. Uh, he trains horses using nonviolent methods. There's no violence. There's no whips, no spurs, no anything. And I, his motto is, I want to leave the world a better place for horses and people too. And I, I kind of, I love that. That's that's the life that I want to live to leave the world a better place. And so I really agreed with all those. And none of it would have happened without the Horse Radio Network.
0: That's really cool. Talk about how you guys like interact with your audience.
2: We have 400 auditors, 450, somewhere around there now. And they're all in a room in a Facebook private room. And they become an auditor just to get in that room. It is the most active private Facebook room I've ever seen. And they are very active. They talk about life and marriage and divorce and horses. And it's a very safe place. And it's a very positive upbeat place. There's nothing negative. And I think that's partly because we don't, we're who we are. So that kind of leads that way. But we, we're very interactive with them. And we, if we see somebody gets a new horse, one of our listeners get, our auditors gets a new horse, we have them on the show, talk about their new horse. We do a segment called Your New Horse, basically, and we get him on to talk about their new horse. So we we get him on the show as much as possible, but we also ask them questions in there. We answer their questions on the air, training questions, things like that. And I do polls right now. We're doing a week's worth of poll questions with them. And you're going to want to see these results next week. And I'll, I'll share we them with also, you.
1: We also <laughs> give away a lot of prizes to us. And the prizes will go to, hey, if you're an auditor. Oh, they also we have a segment every Monday called Equestrian First World Problems. And we let the auditors submit on that Facebook page on Sunday night, I'll say, what were your equestrian first world problems this week? And it is amazing how honest people are with themselves and with us too. Like, oh my God, my one horse, like I have too many horses to ride and not like that's a first world problem. And I read them in super whiny diva Karen voices and they love it. I totally make fun of them on the show and they love it, but they only get to submit them if they're an auditor and they only get to test products if they're an auditor and they only get to win prizes if they're an auditor. So there's a huge, we're constantly talking about how to become one, how you can do it and to join, join the family.
2: We also do their birthdays. So we do a thing we call daily Winnies every day where I, I I'm friends with all of them on Facebook. So I see their birthdays and we wish them a happy birthday. And if I miss a freaking birthday, we hear about it. They post in there. <laughs> Oh, don't they, Jamie?
1: (laughs) I told him, I'm like, this is the worst idea you've ever had because you're going to forget somebody and they're going to be super mad and it happens about every other week. Somebody's like, excuse (laughs) me,
0: you forgot my birthday. What would you say is the biggest reason for your longevity and your sanity?
1: Well, you say you're going to say real things. I'm going to tell you that doing the show is very cathartic for me. I I am very honest, and I use probably the first thirty minutes on Monday to talk about what's happening in and in, in life. And to me, I keep doing it because it makes me it makes me feel better to to release a lot of stuff. I don't know why. It just it just it's cathartic for me.
2: I'll follow mm-hmm. up on what she said. We, you know how. You always say don't be don't be boring. I, I say that all the time too. Uh, but, and I say people come for the content and stay for the hosts. I've said that in every keynote I've ever done, and it's true. Here we get we don't have people asking for more guests. They complain when we have too many guests, and it's not enough. Jamie and I, we get that mm-hmm. complaint a lot more than we get any other complaint. Is they just want to hear us talk about our lives? Because if you think about Morning Drive Radio, what do they talk about? their lives for four hours and everybody listens, right? That's what they're talking about. And and so they want to hear Jamie whine about everything that happened over the weekend for the first 30 minutes. They want to hear that stuff. And they want more of that, not less. For longevity, I got to thank our sponsors too. We have unbelievable sponsors. We've had, we have three title sponsors. We have different title sponsors for every day. And three of our title sponsors have been with us more than eight years. One of them has been with us since the beginning of the show and she's still a title sponsor for three different shows on the network. So they're with 70% of our sponsors have been with us more than four years. So it's our sponsors and but why do they stay we get them involved. So they're part of the show. They come on and do updates and tips and things like that. We get them as giving prizes and doing all of that kind of thing. We use their products, too. So we talk about them wholeheartedly. We use their products. Jamie's the best salesman in the world. When she says she uses a product and it works, people buy it. I'll give you a hint. We just did a survey, and we've had over 200 responses already today. And we asked them, have you bought a product that we've advertised in the last year? 197 of them were yes, and three were no. That looks good on a pressed uh, kid. <laughs> Here's why you should advertise with us. Because if we say we use it, they buy it. For those enough to remember, old enough to remember Paul Harvey, and I know Jamie remembers yeah. probably early radio career. They were paying playing Paul Harvey on her station. He would do that ointment for old ladies, and every old lady in the country would buy that ointment.
1: You, uh, but you still keep in mind, Dave, that the products that we talk about. We you, we like them.
2: Yeah, like, we use it. How,
1: We have turned down a lot of sponsors because we're like, we don't feel comfortable selling, talking about this. If we don't like it, we're not gonna talk about it. And Glenn has turned down some really big sponsors. And I'm like, oh, You sure we can find a way to really appreciate it. we can use this as a doorstop. I don't know. Like something, please. And he's like, No, we just he's been very black and white about that the whole time. If we don't like it, and I think that's lent a lot of credibility because the products that we do talk about are things that we like and we appreciate. And then they know they know that if we say it's it's good. It's going to be going to be good.
2: Because once we put a stinker out there, that's it. Our credibility that's shot. Good. One is all it takes. Any advice for people
0: thinking of starting a podcast?
2: Don't do daily. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, we, it's the same things we always say. Don't be boring. Make it interesting and fun. And you have to be consistent. We haven't missed. We've done 2,500 episodes over 10 years. We don't miss episodes, partly because we have sponsors. We have to do them, right? But even the days, occasional days like yesterday, I didn't have a sponsor, but we did the show, right? So we do the shows on days we don't have sponsors because because the listeners expect us to be there. They're waiting for that show every day. We hear it when it's late so they they're waiting for us to show up they're expecting us and and we can't let them down either i don't care whether you have 12 listeners which we didn't have a lot of listeners the first year you know i wasn't we we didn't do this the first year so we were really doing it for a hundred couple hundred people for the first year and now we have thousands but but we know whether it was a a couple hundred or thousands those people are waiting me i'm waiting for your show every monday morning right you were late the one day recently too
1: (laughs) Well, the other part is think about the value of what you're saying to the listener, what you're saying needs to have listener value. If you are talking about something, there's just plenty of things that like sometimes we'll have a guest on and I'm like, I don't feel like there's a lot of listener value in what we are. We Mm. have on the list today. I'm a little bit overly honest sometimes. And, uh, but that's also be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with your colleagues. Be honest with your listeners. Give them value for what you're for, for them sitting there listening to you and be honest with yourself and them.
0: Yeah, I know the the one time I was there, the is mainly because it's live, I knew exactly where we were going, even though there's definitely a lot of room for improv and, and kind of wiggle room there. But I knew we were gonna talk about this topic from here to here, then we're gonna do this, then we're gonna do that. And it was a, a well-run ship. And I think that's probably a lot of why you're successful is you're not just like,
2: well, we'll we'll figure something out. No, uh, no. we do have pretty much every minute has something planned for that. You
1: can't minute. wing a 90-minute yeah. live show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the hell? Just turn it on. Let's talk.
2: <laughs> there are a lot of podcasts out there. You like that, aren't there, Dave? And, and
1: the listener value is not there, I think, for no. some of them. I don't know all of them, but. To me, when you when you start something, finish it and make sure there's value to the people listening.
0: That's it. It's all about value, and I preach that over and over. And I saw someone today in a Facebook group. They said, "I'm I'm going to start a podcast. What should I talk about?" Okay. And I was like, "I'm like, you know what? Not right now. Not saying you should never have a podcast, but if your first question is what, I'm like, mm, nope, sorry, not yet. Not there yet. Keep keep going, but."
2: You know, second thing on my list of 10 was be passionate. You have to be passionate about your topic or listeners will see right through it. They'll just see right through it. So do we know what's coming on tomorrow's show? Tomorrow actually is not Jamie and I. We have uh, Thursday. Tomorrow Thursday is uh, my wife and another co-host who do a training episode. But guess what? Jamie and I are back on Friday with really bad ads. So really bad ads. (laughs) And we have three new prizes worth about $500 that we're going to give away. Dave, you should tune in. You too could win.
1: You can win a horse blanket for your horse.
2: That's right.
1: Put it on your car or something.
2: I had a 110-pound German Shepherd for a while. That might
1: take A yeah. horse blanket. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Dave, before we leave, I want to leave everybody with one more thing. And I learned this from hikers. I listened to my friend Steve, who does Mighty Blue on the Appalachian Trail. I actually mentored him for a while with that show, and it's one of the most popular hiking shows out there now. And long-distance hikers have a saying, and that's don't quit on a bad day. It's pouring down rain, everything's going wrong, you're wet, you're miserable, nothing is right, you're, it's just an awful day never quit on a bad day. Wait till the next day or the next day and hike and it's a nicer day now and you're starting to feel better and things are going better. So never quit on a bad day. And that goes true. That's true for podcasting or anything you do in business. And Jamie actually said to me, I don't know quite what you mean. That's what I mean, Jamie, is we've had bad days. We've had really bad times with the Horse Radio Network over the years. It's all been great, right? And we, but we, I knew that I would never quit on a bad day because some reason you go to bed and you get up and you go to bed and you get up and two days later, things look better again. So that's one thing I would say. A lot of podcasters have those bad days, the bad weeks, the bad shows. You don't know what you're going to do, whatever. Give it a week or two. Give it some time. Never quit on a bad day.
0: Is there a faster cure? You have a bad day. Is that where you, you go, man, I need some gas in the tank? And you go run to your Facebook group. You know no, what? You
1: run to the fridge.
2: Fear <laughs> <laughs> is usually the fridge. You know what? Here's that Dave time. Mm-hmm. Everything looks different in a day or two, and that's yeah. true of life, relationships, whatever.
0: Jamie, what would be your your advice to youngins that are thinking of starting a podcast?
1: Oh gosh, I said it. I mean, just you got it. You like you said pick something that you're really into. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've liked horses since I was born. I was two and I was looking under the Christmas tree for a pony, you know? So it's something that has been my lifeblood, my life's work, my life's passion is, is horses and training horses and riding horses and competing. And I've, I've worked in just every avenue of of the horse world, it seems like. And so this was like a perfect job for me to sit here and and kind of talk an overview of all of it. And I have, I've dipped my toe in so many spots. So uh, be knowledgeable about your subject, be passionate about your subject, and just be honest. If you sneeze into the microphone and pull a muscle doing it, (laughs) Laugh about it. Everything is laughable. I, I'll come downstairs and my husband be like, what'd you talk about on your show today? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't remember. Like, I, I guess we've done 2,500 episodes. It's like, right. it's just, it's a new day. Every day is a new day. And is every episode that's in the can, just looking forward to the next one, you know, just, just be honest and but be she passionate. can do
2: the Atlanta traffic right now if you wanted her to. She (laughs) can pull that out of her hat. (laughs)
1: Ladies and
2: gentlemen, (laughs) helicopter.
0: I'm in. I'm over 96. Yeah. So. All right. Well, Jamie and Glenn, thank you guys. for for, First of all, congratulations on 2,500 episodes. The Horse Radio Network, the whole network has done 11,000 episodes. That also, again, makes my brain hurt, but congratulations (laughs) on 2500 and uh, here's to another 2500 Thanks, Dave. Cheers. Bye, Glenn. Bye, Jamie. Bye, Scooter. It's Glenn's horse. So many things in that interview. A couple things I really, really like. Some of their best bits just happen. They just happened. It wasn't planned, and it's not going to just happen if you just don't start. You know, they had an idea where they wanted to go, but they probably kind of have changed things since there. I love the integrity with their sponsors and man, does that work? I did the math. That's 98.5% of his audience has bought something that they've advertised. Why? Because they don't talk about stuff they don't like. I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, they have one person who handles all their booking. They spend up to, I think he said 10 hours for one show. Why? Because it's Live. And you, as they said, you can't be winging a ninety-minute show every single day. He also said they have very few live listeners. He said, but they like the the accountability of going live. So for anybody who's thinking of like, hey, I'll just talk on YouTube and turn it into a podcast, they're not just winging it. So I thought that was cool. And how do they stay sane? Well, part of it is by having a great co-host, playing to your strengths and never quitting on a bad day. I love that line, never quit on a bad day. In the future, I found another like, wow, holy cow example of imposter syndrome. And I can't wait to tell you about that. And also, I kind of could wait to talk about this, but I actually made the biggest mistake you can make in podcasting. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you how I did it and what you can learn from it. All you got to do, schoolpodcasting.com slash subscribe and never miss an episode. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. Except for some bloopers. Nice. Yeah, I've, it's an old Benjamin Franklin thing, but I switched it around. It said it's not the size of the guest that brings the value, it's the size of the value that the, the bring that it makes the bring, guest. Yeah. Yeah. You so. guys
1: are deep, man. Both y'all. That was good.
0: <laughs> You forgot my birthday. How dare you? How dare you? Jamie, it sounded like you were gonna ask a question. Maybe you weren't.
1: I was, but I forgot what it was now. Now I'm envisioning you wrapping yourself up in a horse blanket.
2: (laughs) There you go. That's why we call this Edit Point One. (laughs) So It's kind of the same thing here. Don't quit on a
0: bad day. It makes sense because... I, I suddenly want to burst into The Sun Will Come
2: Out Tomorrow. <laughs> there you uh, go. You can Just don't let Jamie. She sings on the show and it's awful.
1: I, I so. sing on the show a lot and I'm super talented, Dave. So I can do a rendition of it if you'd like right now. <clears throat> oh, let's hear it. <laughs> and now he wants me to. I'm not used to
2: that. It's reverse psychology. Well, I trying to talk her out of it. Oh, she genie? has a guitar. He has a guitar yeah. there.
1: Hold on. I've got one behind me too. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, uh, the sun will come out. Can we, okay, can no,
1: we uh, make this edit point too?
0: William, I love you to death, buddy. You can get a domain like, I don't know, unprofessionaldevelopment.com at coolerwebsites.com. Oh, wait, I can't. Hey, thanks for sending in your segment. Now let me criticize you. That's not going to work. I'm just trying to help. Okay.